It's Amy from California. Hi, this is Andy from the Midwest. I'm from Minnesota. Are you wondering when you buy a product that says all natural or natural, if it's actually safe for you? If so, this is the episode for you. We are Coast to the Heart. a couple of questions for you, my friend. Um, One of the things that I think way back when, when I started learning the difference between what is clean, what is safe, what is natural, I got really, really confused when I was walking down the aisles of my favorite big box store. You know, it's red, it's white, there might be a cute little dog, that's a logo. I was getting so, (laughs) so confused because I would see products that would say, clean, they wouldn't say clean, I think at that point, but they would say all natural, or they would say dermatologist tested. They would have all these great buzzy marketing words that I knew in my mind meant that they must be better, that they must be good. But the problem was once I learned about ingredient safety, once I learned how to read labels, because again, I'm not a chemist, I'm not a dermatologist, I'm just an average Midwestern mom. Once I learned how to read labels, I found that I was almost being fooled in a way because the big splashy labels on the front did not match the actual ingredients included on the backside of the label. Did you ever find that when you were shopping? Where did you shop? Where was your favorite place to shop long, long ago before you knew all the things that you knew now out West? Well, I think we've, or if we have not already established, I am a shopper. So uh, many places, including the place that you mentioned, I actually used to buy a fair amount of my personal care from um, department stores as well. And yes, the words natural, uh, dermatologist tested, like you said, um, uh, paraben-free, Things like that attracted me, but I'm a real visual person. So what really kind of snagged me up for a long time was the colors, what it looked like. Um, if it was a beautiful white bottle, which is maybe a pretty bamboo or pretty flower, then it must be natural, right? It must be good for me. There's not a lot of wild colors. It looks clean. And so I was always kind of drawn to those brands and packaging that looked a little bit, uh, in my mind, kind of natural outdoorsy. But of course, that had nothing to do with actually in the packaging. So the words caught me, but it was more for me, the actual imagery, I think, that that sort of tricked me into thinking what I was buying was going to be good for me. So like, what would be an example? And I, I can think of a couple in my mind. What would be an example of maybe a time when you realized maybe you were drawn to that natural woodsy, you know, maybe there was, you know, again, animals, a fawn, something on the package that drew you to this, that made you feel like this must be safe and it must be from the earth. But then you learned otherwise. Where, what would be an example where you maybe felt like you were fooled a little bit? Well, one that, that comes to mind really quickly for me is Earth's Bees. I love lip products. When I was younger, I was addicted to Carmex and we all were because it had some ingredients in it that weren't so good that were drying out our lips. So anyway, I felt that Burt's Bees had to be better, right? It's a guy's name. They're nice people. And there's little bees and a honeycomb on the packaging and it's yellow, my favorite color. So so that really pulled me in. And and I used that product for a long, long time. Um, And then I forget who called it to my attention, but they started asking me about beeswax actually is that good for you and so then I sort of did kind of a deeper dive into that ingredient which then led me looking at all the ingredients in the products and it turns out that some of Burt's Bees products use PFAS or we could do a whole episode about those but that's a really not great chemical you do not want yeah those are forever chemicals that once they're in your body they never leave and that's that's a big issue for us keep going Amy I'm curious yes and so much so that they're in your body that they never leave that newborn babies are born with 
traces of PFAS who have not been exposed to anything in the world yet except for their mom. Um, PFAS and then fragrance. Fragrance was another big one that really, you know, as I've learned about ingredients, fragrance-free is the way to be. And they use fragrance on a lot of the products too. So I was bummed and disappointed and I still have to, you know, tread lightly with my friends who still love that product. It is cleaner on the spectrum for sure, but definitely uh, was a little bit disappointed that it wasn't quite up to the standard that I now expect for products that, that I use for myself and my family. How about you, Andy? Well, and I think this is all about learning. Again, we're not here to, you know, call out any specific brand. It's just about examples that we experience. So you just mentioned PFAS and how there can be infants who are born with these forever chemicals in their bodies before they even leave the hospital. And I think that was the first time, again, we all have a different view and a different lens of the world once we have children. And that was the first time when I feel like I was terribly, awfully greenwash was when I gave birth because I walked out of the hospital with this beautiful gift package. I felt so spoiled and loved by the hospital. They gave me these cute, oh my goodness, they had all these grandmas. Oh, it's so cute. I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about it. all these grandmas who volunteer to knit these little caps and these little beanies mm-hmm. for babies. They're yep, so sweet. A hand knit blanket, all of those things that we got in this basket. And then there was a giant bottle of draft laundry soap so that we could wash these blankets and wash these hats in in baby's laundry detergent that was safer, you know, for this baby. And I used it for both of my children over and over and over again. Do not put, I was used, I was still using Tide at that time for my family. Do not put Tide near my children. Um, I knew that much, right? Amy, like, what does that say? I knew that yeah. much. Do not put Tide near my children. They only use Draft. And um, ironically, the Environmental Working Group, the EWG rates Draft with an F. Okay, of a letter grade F. It has so many concerns, not only for asthma and respiratory issues, skin allergens, but other endocrine disruption and developmental and reproductive toxicity. The laundry list is so long inside of that product rating, which is why, again, we always recommend if you are just starting on your clean living journey or your low tox living journey, go visit the Environmental Working Group Skin Deep database. That database is so rich with, I think it's over 176,000 products that are either going to be personal care products, household cleaning products. Um, and so when I saw that, I thought, oh my goodness, how on earth could a hospital put send me home with these products that are now altering their hormones from day one? But again, that's an example of greenwashing. Greenwashing is to give the perception of safety without backing it up with science or the ingredients that would not be harmful to humans if used. So, you know, again, we talk about safer laundry soap. That's something that you that you wash your clothes in. You wear clothes every single day. And so it's really important that you're using ingredients in your laundry. I mean, we're, we're talking, we're going way deep down this list, greenwashing. <laughs> Ironically, I'm not talking about washing your clothes, but you're going way deep down there. You want to think about, you don't want to be using things that, that include sodium lauryl sulfate, SLS or SLES. You don't want to be including washing your clothes with something that has optical brighteners or fragrance in it because you're carrying that around with you all day long. So men, women, and children, that's something that you that we all think about when we wash our clothes. And that's just something where I really felt it was a disservice to me, to the health of my Mm -hmm. children, to walk out with that gift basket. So Amy, we're going to talk today about five ways to spot green washing. And hopefully through this podcast, you can learn a little bit from us. Again, we're just two two bad moms doing the thing on the daily to learn better and do better. (laughs) Um, And we pass on that education to you. Hi, this is Andy. And this is Amy. 
And when we say we want to hear from you, we really mean it. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at BeCounterForGood. And you can find me on Instagram at WonderAimChange. And if you're enjoying this episode, we would love it if you would rate it, review it, and share it. When you do that, you're helping amplify our voice and our mission far and wide, and we can't thank you enough. Now back to the show. Let's talk about, I just mentioned one thing. Um, I just mentioned the EWG database. We've talked about this over and over again. So if you haven't yet downloaded it, again, we're going to put it in the show, the show notes again today so that you can download it. It's a free app that you can take with you when you're shopping. Even if you're shopping online, you can look it up online. It's our trusted resource and we're going to pass that along to you. Amy, what's another resource, another way that you can spot greenwashing? Uh, before I get to tip number two, uh, two things. Ooh, One, if you yeah. are shopping with your uh, healthy living app, because I do it all the time and you can scan the products in the store and sometimes I get funny looks. But if you do do that, take a picture and send it to us. We want to see it. Oh can, my gosh. Uh, yes, please. In the show notes DM here. us on Instagram, please. Yeah. That would be ideal. And you'll start a conversation. I guarantee it. And then the other thing I just want to mention, you talked about the little hand knit bonnets. I had to giggle because we got that too in our hospital, but my poor baby's head was too big for all the bonnets and they did. They kept bringing back more. They're like, no, we have more. We'll try this one. <laughs> and none of them fit my, my, uh, my very smart because his brain was clearly very large when he was born, um, baby boy. Anyway, um, that's an aside. Okay. So. Another uh, resource or another thing to think of is to look for excessive packaging. If something is, if the verbiage is very excessive, like clean, natural, um, in big letters, paraben-free, tear-free, dermatologist just recommend. I mean, if they're throwing in your face, it's kind of like we were talking about earlier, Andy, before we recorded. You know, when any, anyone ever starts a sentence with, well, no offense, but. I'm pretty sure I should be ready to be offended. <laughs> and I kind of yes. feel like when packaging is like putting, throwing all this stuff in my face, telling me what it is, it's going to make me question a little bit whether it truly is that. So that's something to kind of be aware of. A couple of fun little, um, or not, I don't know if it's fun, but a couple of little facts. Number one, there's not really no law around using the word natural on beauty products. So if a product says all natural or natural, they are able to do that as long as what the rule is right now, 1% of the ingredients in that product are natural. Do you guys know what's natural that's in every personal care product? Water. So technically, every product on the market can call itself natural because it has water. So that's a really big word to, um, to look out for. And then something I learned early on as well about parabens. So parabens are also endocrine disruptors, hormone disruptors. We don't want parabens in our products. They're a, a preservative, commonly used because they're inexpensive and easy to, to create and access. However, they are, paraben is an airborne leach. So if a product says paraben-free on the bottle, unfortunately, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's paraben-free. A lot of times companies manufacture products in centers where other products are being manufactured at the same time. It's kind of like when a, a granola bar might say manufactured in a plant where peanuts were present, so they know there is the potential for cross-contamination. Same thing with parabens. So if one company is mixing up a batch of products over here and they are using parabens, which many are, and then another company over here is, they did put parabens in their product. They're not knowingly putting parabens, but because parabens, parabens are airborne and they can leach onto other ingredients and products, 
you don't necessarily know if it's paraben-free. And we know that um, because other products that are truly paraben-free uh, that we tested, you know, on we tested these paraben-free products in the, in, the, uh, in the labs to find out truly if that was the case and parabens were present. So anyway, be wary of the flashy words, the things that make you feel good and flip over the box and and really read through what's what's um, in there and, and question the company. Um, Andy mentioned this in a previous podcast. Um, she does it much more than I do. And I'm so proud of her for that. But you can send messages to the companies that you're using and ask them like, you know, what do, what is your process for manufacturing or is only like, you know, the, the company that Andy and I represent, we only manufacture our products in in that manufacturing place. So we know there's no cross-contamination, but we don't know that with other companies. So just, you know, be careful of that excessive packaging and wording and that kind of stuff. Well, and I love that because, Amy, you kind of rolled into point number three, talking about organic marketing claims, right? So if the first if the first thing to look out for or to look for resources to use is the EWG database, then we're going to talk about, again, organic marketing claims that Amy just really went very thoroughly. I mean, again, think about water, right? That was that really just hit home. That hit close to the heart. That hit home real close for me right now. And going back to that excessive packaging, think again about what happens on the outside of that package. Let's think about the whole footprint that that product makes. So if they have a beautiful product that they're wrapping in plastic and cardboard and cardboard and plastic and plastic and cardboard. Is that really talking about the leaching of the products and the product chemicals? Is that really going to be safe? And I think that's something too, mm -hmm. where um, we were talking about, you know, Amy was saying, hey, being attracted to the fancy bright colors, the crisp, clean look of the products. If you have a product that has, that is in three and four multiple cartons, again, think of all the process that has to go through and what their carbon footprint is and what their impact is on the earth. And again, these are just ways, again, that we're, that it's showing up in the, in the beauty and industry today. These are a few of the things that we are trying to help change as Amy and I continue to advocate and represent all of you as we continue to do our work meeting with state and state representatives and potentially Congress again this spring is to really help define these terms so that we cannot use blanket statements like organic and natural. I think that I want to say, Andy, that was a great point, too, about the packaging. You know, Andy and I have been talking a lot about the impacts of ingredients on our bodies. But the impacts on the environment are just as important. And I know we've mentioned that, but I just want to reiterate, reiterate that your point about the excessive packaging in terms of the plastic and the, you know, insert upon insert, maybe the product is pretty good for you, but is it good for the environment? Is it good for, is it recyclable? <laughs> you know, if it's not, then that's great that you're you know, using something that's better for you, but then that packaging may live forever in a landfill or floating in the ocean. So it's, you know, kind of looking at the whole picture. And I know that a lot of this can feel overwhelming um, when you're listening to this for the first time and you're thinking, okay, I need to look here. I need to look there. Here's one simple thing that you can do. Think about when you, we do this with deodorant. I bet this is the most commonly smelled product in grocery stores is when someone's selecting a new deodorant, they pull off that cap and they smell it. They want to know what that scent looks like. Um, and then if you're like me, you you put it back, but then you reach all the way to the back of that, of that shelf and pull the one that has never been opened before. And that's the one that you buy. Um, I don't know if that's just a Minnesota thing, but hey, that's me. Um, oh no, it's a California thing too. <laughs> so here's the thing is that we've talked before about the fragrance loophole. So ultimately, if you have all of these claims of safe, natural, non-comedogenic, um, you know, trusted by X, Y, and Z, all this on the front, if on that back of the label, again, if you're not a chemist, if you're not a dermatologist, if you don't have five to 10 years of training like Amy and I have, all you need to look for is the F word, the fragrance word. If it is squeaky, squeaky clean, no one is going to put 
fragrance or perfume on that label because again, that is a loophole trade secret. It is not an ingredient. That is a word that is used to cover up ingredients that do not want to be disclosed. So ultimately, anyone who is creating a product that is using fragrance currently and not saying what essential oils, lemon peel oils, whatever oils they're using to scent their product, they are essentially greenwashing by just kind of cutting corners and using that fragrance label. So that's a really quick and easy resource and way um, or a really quick and easy way to identify greenwashing. Follow your nose. We like to call that. Follow your <laughs> <Yes>. nose. <laughs> that was that like it was Fruit Loops, right? Wasn't it Fruit Loops? I'm trying to think of like Toucan Sam. I was like, follow your nose. Um, but that's what I think of every time I think of that. Um, yes, we are dating ourselves because that was you know, the last time I had cereal was way back then. So but I think the best way, honestly, we always say um, find a trusted resource. That's the fifth way. Find a trusted resource. Amy and I happen to be trusted resources for all of our listeners, our family and friends. Um, we've been trained and educated. And again, if we don't know the answer, we're going to find it. It for you and it's going to be science backed and based. But again, you know, ask a friend. If you know a friend who's really into recycling, who's really into upcycling, who's really into composting, they've probably done their research as well. Ask them what they're using. Ask them what they look for. You know, again, we all don't have to navigate this really, you know, this greenwashy and ruly world alone. This is something that, again, take recommendations from people that you trust. Um, and again, Amy and I are happy to be those resources to you as well. Yeah, I mean, we ask our friends for, you know, what's the best restaurant? What's the, you know, who's the best babysitter in town? So certainly asking, you know, what, what are the best clean products that you have found for those people that that is something that already resonates with them as a great, a great resource as well. Sometimes I get my best advice from friends and family. So well, to recap, I know, oh, sorry, go ahead, Andy. I was going to recap our five because I'm terrible about saying and second. So people are probably like, wait, was that even five? <laughs> but what were you going to say? I was going to break it down for everybody. Let's do it. Oh, what great. are the five ways to great spot minds. greenwashing? <laughs> okay, so your five tips for spotting greenwashing. Number one, check the EWG, Environmental Working Group's database. Skin Deep database online or the Healthy Living app. And number two, look for excessive packaging. Number three, follow your nose. So looking for that, you know, word fragrance um, or taking the cap off and smelling it and then putting it back and grabbing the one further back if you're okay with the smell. <laughs> um, number four. Look for organic marketing claims like all natural or 100% organic or certified organic, all of that. There's a lot that goes into actually earning those to be able to say that that, that is a true claim. Um, and then number five, ask a trusted resource, whether it's us or a friend that you know has done some of this resource or some of this research. Those are all great ways to try and combat this, this greenwashing. And if you have other ideas or um, have found you know, ways to avoid greenwashing as well, please share. We would love to hear. And speaking of that, now that you know how to spot greenwashing, share this episode with a family member or a friend. When you help amplify our voices, you are helping share our mission near and far, and especially helping those that you love and care for. You can follow me at Be Counter for Good on Instagram. And you can follow me at Wonder Aim Change on Instagram. Thanks so much for listening to Coast to the Heart, and we'll see you next time. Bye.